This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm going to tell you what, God is good. (laughs) God is so good. You know, these past two weeks, I'm like, okay, God, what do you, what do you, what's alive in me? What do you want me to teach? And, and the only thing that was alive in me was just getting an encounter with Jesus. Like getting, having an encounter with Jesus. And that's, and that to me is just church talk for being able to feel his presence, be, being able to feel his goodness, allowing him to go past my brain, past my frontal cortex where I make decisions, just for him to turn that off and go straight to my heart and, and then do weird stuff. Like I'm able to see his face, but I can't put a face on it, you know? And, and as I say it out loud, it makes no sense, but my heart catches it. And that's all that matters. And for whatever reason, even though I had no peace this week, now I have full peace, you know, the, the things that I used to worry about don't even matter because he's the only thing that matters. And, and that's where my heart was this entire time was just, I just want you guys to encounter this God that loves you. Ah. Oh. He loves you so much. Can I tell you how much he loves you? He loves you so much that he made a son, put him in this earth, had him be innocent, sinless, and then die innocent just because he loves you. Ah, to me, it's so hard to wrap my, my mind around it. And, and I think Paul says it too, where it's like, uh, somebody might die for a righteous man, maybe, for a good man, maybe. But Jesus died for us while we didn't know him, while we were against him, while we were actually said while we were enemies of God. And if you guys ever been an enemy of God, you don't have to raise your hand. But I used to not like God at all. I actually used to be really scared of God. I used to think that if I thought a wrong thought, if, if I stepped wrong, if I did the wrong thing, he was going to, it was over. <laughs> Hit me with the light lean. And my mindset was, well, if he's going to kill me, I might as well have fun before I die. And it led me down a very dark road. And it got me to a place where my mental health was just horrible. I, I just fought depression every single day and suicide thoughts every single day. And, and I had this emptiness inside of my heart, inside of my belly that no amount of alcohol, no amount of girls, no amount of drugs would fill. And I, I just had a broken heart. And, and I, I would come to services like this and be weirded out that they even had a guitar on stage. Because where I came from, it was like, you don't do that. You just sit there. You don't even read your Bible. You just listen to what the preacher man has to say about how much of a sinner you are. And then when I first came here, just specifically here to the back of this warehouse where your middle schoolers are right now, when, when I was down there, they spoke about the love of God. And I was so confused. I was like, he doesn't love me. He's trying to kill me. And then they were like, you haven't read your Bible. And even though you don't know him, he was willing to die for you. And so on, on just a regular Wednesday night, a regular Tuesday night while worship was going on and they were doing things that I didn't understand, there was a move of the Holy Spirit. And it was actually the night that I was going to kill myself. And, and I show up and I'm just worshiping and, and oh, I thought I was worshiping. I was just really standing there, you know, all stiff and stuff. I didn't know how to dance yet. But I was just standing there not knowing what to do, all awkward. And I thought to myself, well, I don't want my life. Do you, God? And the minute that I said that, suicidal thoughts just left my brain. Isn't that crazy? And, and, and it just blows my mind of how God would show up, not when I had all my ducks in a row, not when I understood the Bible, not when I knew how loving and kind he was. He actually encountered me at the lowest point of my life. And I love how he does that with people in the Bible. Are you guys with me? 
When we look at the Apostle Paul in Acts 9, he was just, he was riding his donkey, and he wasn't just riding his donkey, but he was riding a donkey, and, and uh, he was on his way. If I could tell you what he was doing, he, he was actually writing letters. We, we know the letters he writes now that he changed from Saul to Paul, and how he wrote all these epistles about the love of God and what God does in your life. But before that, he was actually a writer a very, very smart writer of the Hebrew word. And what he would do is he would write these letters asking for permission to actually go and kill Jews. But really, it was actually the people of the way. Isn't that interesting? In the Amplified Classic, it actually says that, if you read it in Acts 9, it says that he had authorized or asked to request an authorization to go and bind these people that followed the way and execute the people that followed the way. And the only way that I ever read in my Bible is the person that's the truth, the life, and his name is Jesus. And it blew my mind how God wasn't like, okay, when you stop killing people, I'm going to have an encounter with you. And to me, it's just too good to be true. And, and obviously, his encounter was super radical. <laughs> like, you know, he's riding his donkey. And next thing you know, a blinding light shows up. And it's hilarious that it's blinding light because he literally went blind. Anybody ever gone blind before? Okay, me just in my right eye, just a little bit. Um, I'll tell you that story later. So, um, so it's crazy because he gets knocked off his donkey and he becomes blind. And he can no longer fulfill the mission that another father had Put him on. And we know that father as the father of lies. So if you ever believe a lie, if, if it brings you to a place we're talking about in so chats, if it brings you to a place of constraint, if it brings you to a place where you don't have peace, if it brings you to a place where you don't have any of the fruits of the spirits, if you read your Bible, you'll be able to see them. But one of them is love and patience and kindness. If it doesn't lead you to a place that, that actually elevates you, that you feel that you're actually growing, then my opinion, in my heart, I've known that my thoughts actually led me to suicide, and that's when I was obeying the father of lies. But when you, when you get a chance to submit, when you put yourself under God, which is a beautiful thing to do, when you put yourself under God, then he actually starts to affirm you. But what he does is he speaks to your identity. And it's beautiful because even in secular books that I was reading, people are like, the way that you create good habits in your life, the way that you create culture is by first addressing your identity or addressing the parts of your heart that need change. And in and, and that place where you're like, oh, this is actually who I am, you automatically and subconsciously start to create systems that reinforce that identity. And the more you do those systems, the more that they turn into habits. And they're just things that you don't even have to think about twice. You just do them. Are you guys with me? Am I boring you? Okay, there's something beautiful that God does in these moments of encounter that you can't logically understand, but he's speaking to your identity. He's speaking to who you actually are. And, and I love it because Saul or Paul is actually a beautiful illustration of who he was. He thought he was doing the right thing. And then he had an encounter with the father of truth. And his life was drastically changed to the point that his name was changed. It went from Saul to Paul. And how many of you guys have your name changed? My name used to be suicide, but now it's life. Oh, isn't that good? My, my, my name used to be depression, and now it's gladness or joy, unspeakable. I ain't going to sing to y'all. I couldn't sing before, now I can sing a little bit. Isn't that good? Can I get a hallelujah? Is that the new thing we started? Hey, hallelujah. I used to have no words. I used to have no answers, but now I have a father that has all the answers. He knows exactly how to guide me there and take me there. Can I give you guys an example? Okay. So, uh, I actually sat down to get some healing in my heart. <clears throat> we call it here at Church Sozo, right? Which is just a Greek word for made whole, saved, and delivered. 
right? So nothing crazy was going on. I was just having a good old day. I was just like, la, 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 you know, literally walking up the parking lot. And next thing you know, this pastor comes and she's like, hey, you should get a sozo. And I'm like, well, if you're telling me I need to get a sozo, I'm, I'm going to jump in your office. And I jump in her office and, and we're sitting there and, and I had just learned who the importance of having Jesus, my King and Lord over my life and how there's actually a throne that he sits on in my life. And if anybody else sits on that throne, they start to dictate my identity. Are you guys make, does that make sense? So, so what ends up happening is like, I had my beliefs up there in that throne. I used to have people on my throne. Nate actually spoke about this last week. But, but if you, if, if those people sit on your throne, then they have full dominion. They have full authority. They have full influence to change your identity. And what did we say? If you change your identity, you create systems behind. If you create systems, then you create habits. And sometimes we put people up there just because that's life, you know? They come to our life. We trust them a lot. We're like, okay, you belong there. Then we find Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, I'm the only one that belongs there because I'm the only one that knows exactly what you need at all times because I see the bigger picture. Are you guys with me? It's actually a very freeing place to be. And so... So, so I was sitting there, I had just found out, you know, okay, Lord, you have to be king, not my dad, not my grandma, not these people. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and it's so sweet. This, this is why I keep saying, trust your heart and the Holy Spirit and not your logic all the time. I'm not saying that your logic is bad. Your logic's actually beautiful. It's created by God. But if it's not submitted under God, then you're going to go under avenues, or you're going to miss beautiful encounters with God. Are you guys still with me? So the example is this. I was sitting on his couch. And at this point, I'm already crying. Like, oh, and I used to not be a crier before. I used to be very angry all the time. If you come at me, you say something wrong, I'm going to bite your head off because I was trying to protect myself. Any angry people in here, don't raise your hand. But I'm just letting you know, it's probably something that's going on inside of your heart. But God isn't ashamed. God isn't like, oh my gosh, you're angry. No, God's like, can I just love that part about you? Can, can I just remind you and actually tell you what your original intent was, what your purpose was? It wasn't anger. It was actually to love. And it was beautiful because the more I spent time with this guy that, with this man, this Jesus, this Holy Spirit, this God that loved me, I all of a sudden started telling people that I love them. And it was so, it was the best thing ever. Can I tell you why? Because later in, later in life, they're like, I didn't believe you when you said you loved me. Like, how are you going to love me? It's the first time you met me. And I was like, you're missing the point. Like, I spent so much time with God that I can feel his unconditional love for you. And so I get to love that part about you. Okay. That's okay. So, um, so, so I'm sitting, uh, I'm sitting here and, and it's beautiful. The pastor, she was like, Hey, uh, who are you most comfortable with? And I was like, I like all of them. God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, they're all the same. You know, it doesn't make sense in my brain, but they're all the same. And, um, and then I was like, let's go with Jesus because he feels really good right now. I've been learning about Jesus the Christ. We'll get in there later. So I'm sitting there and she's like, okay, who, who does Jesus say you need to forgive? And I'm sitting and I close my eyes and I start to see my grandma. How many of you guys have grandmas and you love your grandma? You're like, oh man, grandma's the best. You know, she sneaks you $50 when nobody's looking. She gives you cookies even though you're supposed to be cutting off sugar. Anybody have any good grandmas like that? Any, any of you are good grandmas like that? Okay, all right. So... <laughs> so, uh, so my grandma showed up and just a little backstory between my grandma and I, um, if you don't know this, I love to be personal. Like I share personal stories because that's the only way I know how to do it. Are you guys comfortable with that? Yeah. Okay. Can I get a quick hallelujah? So we're on the same page. Perfect. So, so I, I see my grandma, she shows up and I'm like, look lady, like I've been hearing God for a little while and I think I'm actually hearing him wrong today. Anybody ever feel like you hear God wrong sometimes? Don't raise your hand. So, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I think this is wrong. And, and she was like, well, what is it? 
And I was like, logically, it doesn't make sense. In my head, I started recounting what she did in my life. I was born in Guatemala in Central America. And, and my parents came up here to the United States for a better life. Anybody did that? Okay, no, raise your hand. But, every, you know, they came up here for a better life. And in order to make me a citizen, I had to stay in Guatemala for a little bit while they worked out the paperwork. And while I was there, my grandma took care of me. She raised me until I was like three, four, five years old. I can't remember. <clears throat> but... um she was just my best friend. She let me do crazy stuff, got a lot of cuts, got a lot of hurts, but she was there to kiss them. It was the best. So I'm recapping all of that logically. In my head, I was like, oh, my grandma's the best person in the world next to Jesus. I was like, why do I need to forgive her? But in my heart, I was like, I'll just go with it. Anybody ever have the, I'm just going to go with it. God, I don't know if this is right or not. I don't know if you want me to say hi to the person at Home Depot, but I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and actually go speak to somebody. Okay, no condemnation, Romans 8. There's no condemnation for those that belong, say belong, to Christ Jesus. So I'm sitting there and I was like, I'm just going to go with it. I was like, it's my grandma. And she was like, oh. And I was like, but to be honest with you, I have no reason to forgive her. And this is the part that I love about God. He loves honesty. And it's great. We were talking about it today in So Chats and James that God doesn't want you to pretend God wants you to be the most authentic part of you, and he's not ashamed of how you are and how you think and what's going on. If anything, he wants to love you, and he wants to be the main person that sits on the throne of your life to tell you exactly who you are. It's actually a really beautiful and freeing thing. Okay, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know if this is right or wrong. We get my grandma, and then as I went with it, I closed my eyes, and this is the crazy part. I had a vision, and this is just personal, okay? I, I only shared, shared this with, like, my wife, okay? So my wife is here. We're safe, okay? Sorry, baby. Okay, so, so I'm sitting there, and I have my eyes closed, and God starts to paint this picture. And, and it's crazy because as God's recalling this memory, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that really happened. So in Guatemala, I used to go to a school, and the school, between my, my, the miles between my grandma and the school was like a 20-minute walk. So I would, you know, go to school, eat my little bread, paint some little trees, and then head on to my grandma's house for, di- for lunch and dinner. Um, so what ended up happening was the days that it would rain, the days that it would rain, the whole field would just be full of puddles, and it would be full of mud. Just close your eyes. Just picture rain right now, whether you like it or not. You know, but you're a little child. You're not this adult that needs to pay bills or, or this uh, young adult that has all these stresses of life on you. You're free, you're free. And you're walking back to grandma's house and it starts to rain. It was an interruption to your normal day because that's what Jesus loves to do. He loves to interrupt your normal days to show you something beautiful. And as it rains, the fields get full of these puddles of mud. Say mud. Say ew. Man, but little kids don't care. When, I just, I, this is just a question for you. When did you actually start caring how dirty you get when you go and have fun? Okay, anyways, so, uh, <laughs> so, so I, I would go and these puddles would be there. And then I would see these mama frogs. I would call them mama frogs. I don't know if it was a male or female. It was just a mama frog. So I would go out there and I would try to find these mama frogs in the puddles. And I don't know what teleportation power the, the frog used, but it would jump in the puddle and I could never find it. But I will sit there looking for it, and I knew it was in there because tadpoles were coming out. Like, I'll be able to hold these tadpoles in my hands, and you guys are probably like, ew, that's gross. But as a kid, I didn't care. It was so much fun. I was exploring. I was on an adventure. 
I was looking for something that I couldn't see. I think in Proverbs, we talk about not leaning to your own understanding, but trusting the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. And so there I was trusting my, my imagination to find something that I couldn't actually see, but I kept going in there and, and I would pick out some kind of seed. I, I would pick out something that would tell me that there was a mama frog in there and there would be these tadpoles and, and it was so much fun. But the problem was that my 20 minute walk would turn into four hours. I know, man, I'm sure all the grandmas are like, oh my gosh, freaking out, right? Freaking out. So yeah, I would come home and I tell you what, man, my soup that my grandma would make would be cold because it was raining. She knew when to make the soup and I would go and it would be cold and I would get in so much trouble. Say trouble. Oh, say punishment. Oh, it doesn't feel good, right? So I'll be there and she would actually punish me because she loved me. She was like, don't you understand how worried I was? Don't you understand that I've been walking up and down the road looking for you? Don't you understand that I almost called the cops looking for you? And that's the picture that's going on in this encounter with Jesus. That I almost said, it doesn't make any sense. Why would I pursue that? And then the next question was, what is the lie that you're believing? And I start to cry and I'm like, the lie is that, Exploration leads to punishment. And it blew my mind because my grandma had no bad intentions. She did it out of a place of love. But then it hit me like the importance of having Jesus as our, as our king. Jesus, the one that sits on our throne. Jesus, the one that is, I always say this word wrong. It's in Colossians 1, preeminence. I said it right for the first time. Oh, yay. God is good. Hallelujah it is. Come on. And let me, let me tell you, the word preeminence is to be first. Say first. Hold the first place in influence. Ah, oh, be the only person that actually influences your emotions and your mind and your way of life. And my grandma, as, as much as she wanted to love me and do it, was sitting on this place because I didn't know God yet. And it created a paradigm in me that actually made me afraid to go and try anything new because I thought it would lead to punishment. And it's crazy. It was the, the easiest forgiveness I've ever done in my entire life because I had no resentment towards her. I still don't. It was, it was great. If anything, I got this beautiful revelation. And I think that's why in James, he says, count it all joy. In verse one, because when you meet God, there's a joy. There's a revelation that happens. There's a revealing that happens. And, and it was great because then the truth that I got was, you can explore as long as you want when it comes to God and being with him. Yeah. And that was my encounter. So that, that's why I, I, it's, my heart for you guys isn't that you hear this beautiful teaching or, or a bad teaching, whatever it is that you want to call it, your opinion. Uh, I, all I want to share with you guys is, is this exploration that I found in my encounter so you can go and encounter Jesus, the king, the one that has the highest influence in your life. I want you to encounter him because he loves you more than I or your grandma or anybody in your life can ever love you. And all he wants is to make your life perfect with him. He actually says this in Colossians 1 and we'll get into it. So I tell you that story to let you know I explored Colossians with no fear of punishment. Oh, isn't that good? You can ask my wife. The only, the only time I stopped yesterday when I was reading this was to get some pizza because the Lord loves pizza because he made pizza. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Nice. All right. So we're going to go to Colossians 1. Are you guys bored? Okay. So we have a little bit of time, so I'm going to go fast. So I also been speaking a lot of Spanish with my grandma, so I might speak really, really fast. So turn on your Holy Spirit brain. Is that okay? Yeah. 
All right, here we go. If you have your Bible, turn to Colossians 1. Yeah. Love it. Um, Just so I can finish my thought on Paul in Acts 9. So he got blinded by the light where he was known as Saul. And it was funny because I was talking to Pastor Babette about it. And her and I, these are just us exploring the word and what we think. Doesn't actually say it, but it was really great revelation in my heart. She was like, do you think God did the blinding thing of the, of the eyes to show him what was actually going on inside of his hearts when he would read the scripture? That he thought he was seeing something, but really it wasn't all of him. And the only way that he can actually figure out how to clearly see perfectly is when he submitted under God. Or when he linked up with another brother and was like, okay, this is what God is saying about who you truly are. Your name is no longer Saul. Your name is Paul. Your, lo- your name is no longer depression or anxiety, but it's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so Saul turns into Paul and, and, and in the, the, the thing that he was using with his own strength, say my own strength, my own belief. Come on, say my own belief. He, what he was doing with his own belief, where he thought he was doing the right thing, he was actually walking a road of death. But when he turned towards Jesus, come on, say but. But. Say but. But. When you turn to Jesus, there's something that happens there where where, where the, the thing that you were trying to do by yourself, you no longer have to do by yourself, but you actually do with Jesus and Jesus does it for you and you create life and you, you actually somehow make it into the book of life and you write Colossians. <laughs> That we're going to read right now, you know, thousands of years later. Isn't that beautiful? Man. Okay, so here we go. So verse 1, Paul, we just learned about Paul. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? Come on. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. So before we keep going, I really want to break down this word right here where it says Jesus Christ. Are you guys ready? So the word Jesus is actually the name that God gave him on his mission to come here and actually save us, to bring salvation into our lives. So right now, when you call on the name of Jesus, it isn't so you can go to heaven. It's so anything that brings you harm goes away. That's actually what the word salvation means. It's to be taken away from any harm, even self-harm. And then Christ, I love it. Christ is not his last name. For a long time, I thought that was his last name. Theologians actually were like, it's not his last name. Say it's not his last name. It's actually the office and the anointing that God put on him after when, I'm sorry, I'm just feeling God right now so much. The, the, these things that I'm going to say right now are so important in your life because when he died, he became Jesus the Christ. And it's three things that was put on him. It was that he was a prophet. Say prophet. He was a high priest. Say high priest. And my favorite, he was king. Say king. Man, and so, so I stopped pretending that I know words just because I hear them in church a lot. So I looked up the word prophet, and the word prophet in the Old Testament was actually a spokesman or a person that was a vocal cord for God or a mouthpiece for God. Isn't that good? So, so when God is your prophet, he's actually the mouthpiece for God as God speaking to you, which makes me feel really good because if the eternal God is speaking to me, then it must be very powerful. So even as insignificant as, as I just want to love you right now, or it might feel like it's insignificant, but if it comes from God, the eternal one, the all powerful one, the creator of the universe, what is he actually trying to do with the word that he's given you? Are you guys with me? I only say love because there's times when I'm driving and I'm like, God, give me the perfect word. Give me the perfect message. Give me power. And he's like, can I just love you? And I'm like, that's it. That's all you got for me. 
I need power. I need revival. And he's like, but I just want to love you. But something happens when you allow that word into your heart, when you make your heart soft enough, when no matter what's going on around you, no matter who made you mad, you're like, God, you said you want to love me. I have no idea what it looks like, but I'm going to go with it right now because I'm going to trust in you and not my own understanding. Are you with me? And so then crazy starts, stuff starts happening, at least for me. Stuff like what Pastor Abel was saying, I haven't like flown up in chairs or anything crazy like that, but, but something happened. Are you guys ready? It's a miracle. I will sit in traffic, let God love me and not be mad. Not cuss anybody out. Isn't that beautiful? Not flick anybody out, not cut anybody, not try to start an accident. If anything, I'm like, please go, please, please. I know you've been waiting forever. You know what? I'm sure you're trying to Maybe you're trying to kill yourself. Okay, we'll, we'll get there later. But a miracle happens when we allow the seed of God to come into you. I, I know I spoke about it last time, but in Matthew, Jesus spoke in parables, which are heavenly meanings with heavenly realities, which means they're directly from God, the eternal one. Are you guys with me? So, so when he would actually talk about the kingdom of God is like a seed, like a mustard seed that would come into your life. And if you tend to it, it will grow where eagles come and nest. And all you have to do is what Pastor Abel said, consider, just consider, just consider. Just consider that there is a God that loves you no matter what. And that the word that he's saying is for you and inside of you. That's belief. But it changes to faith when you go to God and have conversations with him about it. Are you guys with me? Hallelujah. Yay. So, and I love the other word, which is high priest. Oh, actually, before I keep going, in the Old Testament, it was spokesman. But in the New Testament, it's interpreter or oracle or interpreter of hidden things. How many of you guys read your Bible and couldn't understand anything? I thought it was because it was in the King James Version when I first started. And I was like, I don't, I can barely know English. I barely know Spanish. Like, I can't figure it out. But something happened when the Holy Spirit fell on me. When the Holy Spirit came to live inside of my heart because I considered it, because I allowed him to take first place in my life over my suicidal thoughts, over the circumstances of my life, I was somehow able to pick up a Bible and understand exactly what it said. Not with my logic, but with my heart. But the more that I let that sit right there, Pastor Kevin said it before too, if you allow it to meditate, if you allow it to reside in your heart, whether you understand it or not, if you allow yourself to meditate with God, ponder about it, somehow, some way, it, it turns into a, into a thing that you can actually understand and use. But it, it only works when the, when the prophet, that is Jesus Christ, you and him sit down together, grab your little Tony's pizza, and open your Bible and choose him over Netflix. It's not a behavior thing, but I'm, I'm, I mean, Netflix was going on. I was like, I'm here with the Lord. And it's crazy because there was like a little, I was divided. And it's funny because I've been looking up the word integrity. Because now every time I wake up, I'm like, high priest, king, prophet. What do you want to say to me, Jesus? What do you want to say? And he gave me the word integrity. And, and it's so funny because I thought integrity means I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I pick up trash. Uh, that's why I have some trash in my pocket. And, and I actually looked up the word integrity. It means to be undivided. It means to be whole. Isn't that good? So if you're ever late or if you're struggling with something, it's because you're divided. Something is more important than the thing that you actually have to go and do. But it's cool because it's not your job to make sure that you're whole. It's this guy named Jesus Christ, who is your prophet, your high priest, and your king, the highest influence, the first one on your throne. That's like, this is how you, with me, you're whole. 
This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. Do you want to have fun and do it? Are you guys with me? Isn't it good news? Doesn't it just make you feel free because you're no longer stressing about whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing? The only thing you're worried about is just you and God. Okay. I get so excited because I have, I'm just so unashamed up here. Man, I just love it. Okay, so then we have the high priest. Say high priest. Y'all didn't sing it. High priest. Hey, if you're in your car and you're listening to this, you better sing it. You better sing it. Come on now. I love that. So I love it because high priest is actually our access point to the Holy of Holies. And I don't have time to go back into the Old Testament and tell you how the Holies of Holies works. Just know that you weren't allowed in it unless you were a very high priest. And you didn't mess up because if you messed up, you would die in the presence of God. But I explained it. We were enemies towards God. It makes sense. We had sin on us. Sin can't live with God. But then he decided to put himself into this body called Jesus Christ, die for us, come back to life, and then put it all inside of you. That blows my mind. I still don't understand it. I say it and it sounds really good, but I don't understand it. All I know is that you love me so much that you would somehow put yourself in something that can actually fit inside of me because you love me? Even though I don't deserve it? Even though I don't have full understanding? Even though I don't have a degree? Isn't that a hallelujah moment? So there's this moment right here with, with when, when he is our access point to the Holy of Holies. And this is the part that I love. You're allowed to have these encounters with God while we worship, while you're in your car. While, for me, it's when I'm in my shower. Where even in fights that you're having with, with your spouses or your dog or your kids or, or wherever it is that you are, you have full access to the Holy of Holies. You have full access to stand in front of God in his kingdom. To stand right there and be like, God, I am unashamed. I am blameless. And then a little bit down it actually says saints grace to you and peace from God our father and the Lord Jesus Christ before that in verse 2 to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae you know what saints means it means to belong to God it means to be blameless but you're blameless because there's a king that is a high priest that speaks on behalf of God that he loves you so you're able to stand in front of God with every thought that you have and he will not turn away from you are you with me Man, there's some people I can't even be with because I didn't wash my dish right. Like, you didn't wash that right. And I'm like, well, holy of holies, okay, be disarmed. That's the word he told me. Have no offense, have no defense. Bebe, I'm going to wash the dish right. I got you right here, Bebe. I got you right here. I got it. Isn't that crazy? You know why? Because it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about you and this king and this high priest and this prophet. Are you guys with me? Come on. I washed every dish this morning. I'll tell you that. I washed every single dish. And not even that. I, I got a couple minutes. I washed every dish with this little paste powder that I don't know what it does, but it burns my fingertips a little bit. I know, don't, don't freak out. But it burns it a little bit, but it leaves it so shiny. And, and I knew I was whole because what I wanted to do was I deserved to relax, sit on the couch, and watch Formula One. I just got into that. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. But, but I wanted to sit there and relax because I earned it. Because my grandma was actually here over the weekend. And because I got healing, I was actually able to enjoy the, her to the fullest. So healing is good for you because then you get to enjoy the people that you're around. Okay. But, but, but I'm there and, and I'm like, I'm divided. But the minute that I talk to my high priest, the minute that I talk to my prophet, the minute that I talk to my king, who has the highest influence in his dominion, which is inside of me, He's like, come on, bud. Let's wash the dishes together. This is the best part without any resentment. And that's the thing is that Paul, the, 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 
What, what he was writing to Coloss, to the people of Colossae was these people had created these social structures saying, I'm better than you. If you were, if you weren't Greek, you were a barbarian. You could be from the United States, speak perfect English, have a bachelor's degree, make millions of dollars. You're not Greek, you're a barbarian. Isn't that crazy? Blows my mind. So Greeks were like, oh yeah, we have Jesus inside of us, but we're better than all of y'all because we're Greek. So you stand over there, you actually go to the back. All the anointings up here. If you're rich, oh, you're poor, you're coming in here, you need help, sit in the back. The rich have priority. If you're free or if you're a slave, guess who had priority? Guess who was more holy? If you were a Jew and you were circumcised, guess who had priority? So, so Paul's out here writing to them saying, hey, your social structure is wrong. The way that your culture is wrong. You think that, that your title and the thing that you have worked for so hard is the reason that you're so close to God. And he's like, no, we all fought short of the glory of God according to Romans. Because it's all about Christ. You're what? You're high. What? Oh my God, there's only one person. That, you're high? You're prophet? You're, you're what? Yay, I love you guys. Good job. And that is the only reason. I, it, just, it just moves my heart. I, I just, I, do you know why? Because Paul understood what happened. He actually talked about his lineage and where he came from. And he was like, I was the holiest of holies. Yeah, I was doing not what God's will. <laughs> but the minute that he came under submission, uh, the minute that he put God and Jesus, the thing that he didn't even believe in, but he had this encounter. Come on, say encounter. But he had this encounter with this high priest, with this prophet, with this king. His whole agenda changed. And then he was also able to influence the people here. It's so funny because I, I have so much notes that I wanted to share with you guys. But I think I'm going to leave you with, because it's 902, I know you have to go, but, but I just want to hit you with this one thing, okay, before you get up and go, because I said what the time was. Okay? Are you guys still okay? Are you guys bored? Okay, so it's this place of, of his fullness dwelling inside of you. Okay, so if we go real quick to 19 in Colossians 1, it says, For it pleased, say pleased, the Father, that in him all the fullness should dwell. And he's talking about Lord Jesus Christ. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you can read the rest by yourself because it actually talks about us being his enemies. But that fullness piece is so important. And I actually looked it up because that, that, that word, I was like, there has to be more than fullness. And, and it's beautiful how the Greeks used to actually speak. And, and one of them is to be filled. So God in his fullness, he put it inside of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our king, and our prophet. And then he came to dwell inside of you if you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And Lord is actually the highest influence or the person that has the most influence in your life. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. And so God filled Jesus and then Jesus filled you with him. <sighs> Isn't that good? But I love this part right here. That word is also the same word they use to say of those things which a ship is filled, fright and merchandise, sailors, oarsmen, and soldiers. So it's actually the word that they use, pleroma, and it was, and, and that's the way that they would describe what their giant ships would look like. Their ships were so huge. It was one of the, the biggest ships that they actually had at the time. And, 
And uh, it was so big that they actually needed three rows of men to be able to like move the oars and, and be able to move the ship in one direction. And it was full of soldiers. It was full of everything that you need to explore, to conquer the waves, no matter what the ocean looked like, no matter if it was a good day or a bad day, no matter how many people have passed away, no matter how many people you're missing, no matter of all the things that you feel like you did wrong, that ship is full of everything that you need, just moving, just going, wanting to explore. Are you guys with me? And that's the word fullness. That's what he used to describe in a way that we could understand of what he did by putting himself in Jesus Christ. He put everything that we could possibly need inside of Jesus. But stay with me. He put Jesus inside of us. And that's what a good king does. Oh, I'm still rowing. Okay, so close your eyes. There's plenty more, but who cares? I just want to give you an excuse to encounter this high priest, this prophet, and this king. Regardless of how you feel, what you have done. He calls you a saint, blameless, his holy person. So the same way that I had an encounter with Jesus, or the same way that Paul had an encounter with Jesus, if, if, if God was able to do it for the both of us, and Paul said it too, he said, a sinner of sinners, why would God not want to speak to you right now? Why would God not want to touch your heart? Why would God not want to touch your fullness or his fullness inside of you? Because he has everything you could possibly need in that man, Jesus. And I don't know, I feel this in my heart, and, and I know you guys are all hungry, but if you don't know Jesus... If you don't know Holy Spirit, or if you want to give your life back to Jesus, or get another touch from Holy Spirit right now, just in your side of your heart, you don't even have to say it out loud. That's what I feel in my heart. If you want to, you can. You're just going to say, Jesus, I give you this life. And I'm willing to trust you without the full understanding. Okay, and then we're going to say, Holy Spirit, we give you back your throne. Yeah, and we remove any person, regardless of how much we love them. We remove any belief, regardless of how much we have held on to them. And we allow you to reclaim your throne. And it's all for our good. Yeah, and if you're driving right now, don't close your eyes, but same thing. Just whoever was sitting on your throne, simply forgive them. Allow God to be the preeminence again, the highest influence, first place over your life. Yeah. And bam, that's it. It's good. Yay. That's awesome. All right, uh, let me pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. You're a good dad. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for living inside of me. Thanks for encountering these people because you love them so much and you call them saints. In Jesus' name, everybody said... And hallelujah. (laughs) I love you.